Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're carrying on with our, with our series on the uh, Holy Spirit. I don't know why I look back. I haven't got a PowerPoint. I never do, so I <laughs> don't know why I even bother. Um, but we are carrying on the series about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which has been a, a wonderful, blessed time as a church to hear different people come and preach, and, and as God has inspired them to lead us all unto the Holy Spirit. There's many different ways of looking at the same person and looking at the Trinity, and today I want to carry on with that. So... There's a few things that I want to preach on, so I'm just going to kind of dive right into it. So if you go to Isaiah 59, and we're going to read, um, in Isaiah 59, we're going to go verse 19. No, actually, let's go, let's go verse 16. We'll go from verse 16 on. So it says here in Isaiah 59 from verse 16, it says, He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Notice here the capital H here speaks of Jesus, speaks of the Lord. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from the transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. You know, here this passage is speaking about Jesus being our Redeemer. It says that there was no other man that could come and save us. It had to be the God-man. It had to be Jesus Christ, his Son, to come and redeem us. And this is what the Spirit is saying, you know. In that verse 19, there is some debate on how the enemy comes in and stuff like that. And whatever your opinion is, regardless of that, it speaks of how the spirit responds. And the spirit lifts up a standard against him. And it doesn't matter how the enemy comes in, but it's the spirit of the Lord that overcomes with the standard that it holds against the enemy. And that standard, as you read throughout here, is the standard of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit points to Jesus and lifts up Jesus in, in the face of the enemy. That... We don't have to, it's not our own standard. Aren't you, aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't lift us up? That he doesn't lift up my prayer life. He doesn't lift up who I am or my resume or my accomplishments or how great I am. But he lifts up Jesus. You know, for us, whatever we're facing, we don't have to respond by who we are. We respond to who he is and who Jesus is. And he is our victory. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's what I want to speak on today is, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is the ministry of Jesus. That that is what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to minister to Jesus and point us to the Lord. And this is what the Holy Spirit does here. It speaks of it as well in the New Testament. Paul echoes back to it where the angel of the Lord and the, the enemy are, are fighting over where 
Moses is buried, and then the angel of the Lord says to the enemy, he says, the Lord rebukes you. It doesn't speak about he rebukes him. It says Jesus rebukes you. God rebukes you. And again, it speaks of the, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God glorifies Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wishes to do the same among us, that, that we would bring Jesus the glory that he so desires us to bring. And this is the standard of the Lord. This is the standard of the Spirit of the Lord. It is the Spirit of Jesus himself. And that's what we find the Holy Spirit do. There'll be times in prayer, there's times in, in worship where we are focusing on Jesus, where the Holy Spirit is almost like he's leading us on into the deeper and deeper depths of who Christ is. There is never too much of Jesus, that there is always more that we can have of him. I want to just show this in... Just go over a few scriptures. If you go to John 15. You'll see this as well. And it says in John 15, verses 26, is speaking. Jesus is kind of his last kind of message to his disciples, to those around him before he goes to the cross. This is kind of the the words that he's hoping that would keep with them. It says here, John 15, 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Again, the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. The very, um, the testimony of the spirit is the testimony of Jesus. That's why it says in the end of Mark, when it, went, it said they go, when Jesus instructed them to preach the gospel, he said he went out, and then the Lord confirming and working, confirming the word with signs and wonders following, that the Holy Spirit confirms the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. It is the, um, the perfect unity of the Trinity, where God points, it says in Hebrews 1, God points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, because that is our only way to fellowship with God. It's our only way to unity with God with the Father is through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit points us to him, that he testifies of Christ. In everything the Holy Spirit does in our life, it is a picture and it's pointing unto Jesus, unto the Lord. And Jesus talks about this again in the next chapter in John 16. I'll just read this, but it's in verse 13 to 14. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Again, the, the gifts of the Spirit, or the moving of the Spirit, or the working of the Holy Spirit is unto Jesus, and it's to glorify him. And we must never get it confused that it's about we can make it about enabling us or equipping us or how, how great that we can become. But that, that isn't what the Holy Spirit is, is pointing as evidence to the working of Jesus in us. It's not how great we are and, and how wonderful and perfect we are. It's how great he is that lives in us. And everything is always unto Jesus. And that is what God loves. That's what the Holy Spirit loves because he glorifies and testifies of the one who redeemed us, of the Lamb that is seated at the right hand of God. This is what it is to, to walk with the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit is walking with and unto Jesus. 
that's who the Holy Spirit points us to, that's who the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to, that there is no, that the Holy Spirit comes to testify of Jesus, and, and that is our key role in life, that everything we do unto is, as Paul said, everything we do is unto the Lord. And by the Spirit, even through that, even through your gifting or your calling, that it has to be unto Jesus. Otherwise, you'll peddle it yourself or you'll go, you'll divert it, you'll pervert it, and it'll go, so, it'll go such a different tangent to what the God inspired and God desired for you. Is it is unto the Lord. It's unto the Lord. That's why it says that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit, says the Lord. It's not by what I can do, it's not what God has enabled me and my gifting and what he's equipped me to do so I can run and do it. It's what I can give unto the Lord. You know, our first ministry is our ministry to Jesus before everything else. And if we make it about going to others because God's given me this gift and now I'm going to run off and do it without giving it to the Lord first, then we'll, we'll die trying. It will, it will fail in the end. That's why Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, if, if we're going off with our own initiatives, with our own plans and our own desires, and, and we, we confuse it for the calling of God, and we make it that God, God make me successful in this area, so I'm going to run and do it, and if it's not unto the Lord, well, it will come to nothing in the end. You know, we see this with, um, in Genesis, when they're building the tower, they say, come, let us build a tower. Again, it was them with their own initiative of building a tower unto the Lord, and it was demolished. God, not only did God not support it, but he resists it. That's why in James it says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's not, if you've used a resistance band when you're in the gym, it's not that God is saying, I'm not cooperating with that. It's the opposite. He's saying God is literally going against what you do. He's actually trying to put a stop to it because he said, if it's not of me, if it's not unto me, I don't want any part of it. Because we'll fail along the way. We'll, we'll fail trying and we'll take people to a different path. We'll take, we'll take people unto ourselves. We'll make it about our testimony or what we can do and how great our calling and our gifting is and how wonderful we are. And then we miss out on the, the wonder of Jesus and and the more that he wants to do is, is lost because we're now peddling it ourselves. We're like a, a hamster on a wheel where we just want to keep going and going and going and we forget about Jesus along the way and we make the gospel about so many different things. You know, it says there, the Holy Spirit, that the standard of the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes, that there is a standard amongst us even as a church and that standard is Jesus. And that the preaching of the cross, the preaching of Jesus is not a, a boring message. It's not an old and tired message that it is the gospel. It is where we find life in, in that communion, that like wish was preaching, that that is our eternal life, Jesus. The, that's why Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. It's in him. It's all of our life, all of our hope. Everything is found in Jesus. And that is not a, a one-time decision at salvation. Then we carry on doing our own thing. That is always unto the Lord. That is a, a continual journey going deeper and deeper with Jesus. Deeper and deeper with him. I want to, that was kind of all a preface because I want to go to Zechariah. And this is kind of the scripture that really God's put on my heart. It's actually one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament. It's like top 10. Um, it's in Zechariah chapter 12. If you're looking for Zechariah, it's like where we were, if you just take like a hard left, 
and um, get beyond all the red letters in red, and then um, you'll get there sooner or later, I'm sure. But yeah, so it's in Zechariah chapter 12. It's here, it's just, it's just in verse 10, so I'm just going to read it now. This is God speaking through the prophet to his people. It says, I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Paul speaks about this later in Hebrews, but the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. And that word supplication, really, it means prayer. That God pours out on us the spirit of grace and the spirit of prayer, but the Holy Spirit that's poured out on us is unto something. It's unto someone. And that's why it says here at the end, it says, then they will look on me whom they pierced. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just give you grace. You know, sometimes we... I remember I, I would I'd hear these messages and, and they're, they're great messages and it would speak about, you know, we've got the grace of God and we're, you know, God, we're so amazingly made and perfectly made and, and we're so great and awesome and we can do anything. And, and that 100% right, right? God has made us in a, in a wonderful and beautiful image, but that is not the gospel. The gospel isn't God has given us grace and now we can now live an amazing life. The, the, God, the gospel is that God's grace came through Jesus Christ, came through the cross. That the only way was through the Son of, Ma Son of God becoming the Son of Man. And he became the Son of Man forever. And not only did he come and walk on this earth, that he had to bear our sins. And Paul even goes to say that he became our sins. That he had to be hung on a tree. That Jesus had to come and die and go into the depths of the earth, a place that if you and I believe today, we'll never have to go to where Jesus had to go to. And then he ascended and rose from high that the grave and hell and every demon and, and enemy in hell could not hold him down. That the light of the gospel overcame all darkness and he ascended on high. And that is what the Holy Spirit leads us unto. That's what grace leads us unto. It leads us unto looking to Jesus. It says, they will look upon me whom they pierced. You know, this is the uncomfortable truth for myself, but my sin pierced Jesus. Our sin grieved him. And it's not that God is angry with us. He loves us. That's why he let his son go through all of that. But we look upon Jesus and we look upon Jesus and the cross. You know, has anyone ever had time here where you're praying and I can certainly say this to myself, you're praying and after prayer, you, you like yourself more than before you went to pray. It's like you look at yourself and you, you prefer looking at you after prayer than you did before. That is, that is the spirit of God working in you. It says in Romans 8 that he has called us to be conformed into the image of his son. That as we are in times of prayer or into in, and that grace upon us, it is to be conformed into the image of Jesus and is pointing us to Jesus and beholding Jesus. It is our unity with the Father. It's, it's our unity with Jesus as the, as the bridegroom and the bride when it says that when he comes back and it will be the marriage supper of the Lamb, that he comes to consummate and, and seal that marriage with Jesus. It is in that time of prayer when... Man, I, there are times of prayer where you are praying and you are asking, but there are, I'm trying to explain it, there are depths of prayer when you are praying and you 
it feels like you're seeing Jesus more than you, you've seen him before. It's, it's like you see, you see the eyes of Jesus. You see, I've had times where I've seen the, the crown of thorns. It's, it, goes, it goes deeper. You see him more, and, and it changes you, and it marks you, and you come out of that time, and it's different. You, the world is different. That Everything just starts to change a little bit because it's the Holy Spirit pointing you and conforming you into Jesus. You know, how do we find Jesus today? The Holy Spirit brings us to Jesus in times of prayer. It's the spirit of prayer. It's the spirit. We can't even pray properly with it unless it's with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us and guides us through prayer. Grace isn't just a way to make your life go quicker and better. It's, it's grace unto Jesus. It points you to the cross. It points you to becoming like him and humbling yourself and submitting unto the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. It's not about us, our lives going better or us getting the promotion 18 months quicker than we would have without it. It's about Jesus Christ himself. And that's what the Spirit points us unto. That's why it says here, Spirit of grace and prayer, that they will look upon me whom they pierced. Looking upon Jesus. That is, that is the, you know, Jesus spoke about it. It's the, the, the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. And I believe that is a deeper and deeper walk with Jesus. You have the asking, which is, 100% what God wants us to do, and he loves it, and he calls us to do it. But there is the seeking, and there is the knocking as well, and that is the, the depths of Jesus, where deep calls unto deep, where Christ himself becomes formed in you, and, and the things that you used to do, the things that you used to hate about yourself start going away, start being swallowed up by life itself, by Jesus himself. That there is, a, there is a greater reality to the gospel than kind of what we know sometimes. That there is, there is a depth of the Christian life, and it is Christ himself and Christ crucified and him living and in and through us. And that's all of Jesus. It's not just part of it. That's the whole Bible. That's every single bit. That's the suffering, the persecution that we'll get as Christians that Jesus promised. It's the life as well. It's everything. It's, it's when you're in those moments where you go, Jesus, I want all of you, and I don't want any... Part. I don't want to just have, be marginalized to a part of Jesus. I want the whole thing. I want every part of him. That's where we see it in Philippians 3, is Paul, you see kind of the, the heart of Paul finally revealed, and he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. It is all of Jesus. It is the resurrection, it is the suffering, it is the death, and it is the life. It is every part of Jesus. I don't want to miss out on a bit of it because then I get the fullness of the gospel. I don't want a half-hearted Christian life. I don't want to just, like we're saying, we don't want to just come to church on a Sunday, live the rest of our lives, and, and then come back here again and just do it on repeat and repeat and repeat. We don't want just a, a normal life. Jesus calls us to so much more. The Holy Spirit calls us unto so much more, and it is always unto Jesus. That's who he points us to. He points us to the Lamb. You know, it's the only way we can even know God. It's, God says that you know, he is the image of the invisible God, that it's through Jesus we can even know God. And it's by the Holy Spirit that we can even know Jesus to even know God. You know, you see in, the, in Acts 2, we see the Pentecost and the amazing... Sorry, in Acts 1 and Acts 2, we see the amazing power of Pentecost when the Spirit comes down. But if you see that, it's, it's an amazing time that Jesus has died... Jesus has ascended from the grave. He preaches to the disciples. He tells them of the things that happened. 
and you can tell that it's starting to click for them, but it still isn't quite there yet. They still don't quite understand where he's going to after us or why it's happening. And they're hiding away, and they're with the Lord. Then the Lord ascends. They see him ascend. He tells them to wait. They wait, and then they're baptized with the Spirit. When they're baptized with the Spirit, the cross and Jesus become more real to them than ever before. Then Paul preaches the gospel in Acts 2, which is one of the greatest messages I've ever seen on the gospel. Then it finally clicks. When the Holy Spirit comes on the man, then they see Jesus. Then they see the gospel. Then they see the cross. Then they see what Jesus truly died for, what Jesus became, what Jesus ascended to, what he means for us today. When they were baptized in the Spirit, then they saw the cross and they saw Jesus. Then the cross became clear to them. Then they understood why he had to endure the things he did. Why Jesus is who he is. Why, when he said, I am, what it actually meant. Everything was revealed to them when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And the first thing that, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, where he preached, was he preached Jesus. And he preached the gospel. And, he, and it clicked in all of them. They knew it. They were, it was birthed in them that who, what this gospel is about and who this life is unto and who the spirit in them is unto and it's unto Jesus. It's unto the Lamb. You know, we see this. I want to read one more bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and then I want to see what, what God wants them. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's the last part. And here we're seeing Paul talk to the Corinthian church. It says here, we're just going to read verses 1 to 5. And it says, I, breth And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You notice Paul said there were a few things going wrong in the Corinthian church, even though they were moving in the power of the Spirit, there were some things that needed to be corrected and ironed out. But Paul didn't come with a strategy. He didn't come with a, with a, a flow chart or a step-by-step -step guide. He said, the only thing I care to know among you is Jesus Christ and him crucified. If I come and I preach Jesus, everything else will be sorted. When you come and see Jesus, your life will be changed. I won't need to try and find it for you. It says, the Lord searches the hearts. And when we come and preach Christ Jesus and him crucified, that was when it was doing. And not only that, he said, I didn't come to preach with words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Speaking of when I come and speak of Jesus and I focus on Jesus, the Holy Spirit not only enjoys it, but he cooperates with it and he works among it. He came to preach Jesus. The Holy Spirit and power came to, to agree and work with signs and wonders following. But Paul came to preach Jesus, and the Holy Spirit honored that. And as Jesus said, he glorified and testified of that message. When I glorify Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus. 
When I come to glorify me, Holy Spirit stops. When I come to testify of what I've done and my, my agenda and what I, or my initiative, that's when we put a, that's when we grieve the Spirit of God. That's when we put, we put it all to bed. We put it all to ice. But when we, when it's unto Jesus, when we commit it unto the Lord, that's when the Holy Spirit moves in agreement to him. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.